town sometimes really is something else. And I look, I get it. The Jets deserve to be criticized. The Jets deserve to be ripped. You can't try to build a team up and build a player up and get all hyped up and expect the team is going to go out there and steamroll the New England Patriots of all teams. And then when they don't and they lose a you know a tough game, it's like they get smoked by New England or embarrassed like we've seen many times before. And then, oh, God, this team stinks and this quarterback is no good. And it just uh, it shouldn't work like that. I know it does. I get it. And believe me, I'm part of it. But it should not work like that. And I think people are pointing the blame in the wrong direction here when it comes to the Jets. And we'll get into the Giants in a little bit. And look, for the Giants, it's just a tough loss. It happens on the road in Seattle. Gito Smith played a good game. Seattle has been a solid team. I I still don't think they're very good. But you know what? They get a win at home. Giants didn't play a perfect football game by any stretch. They lose. We'll get more into that. But with the Jets, it's a little different here because... This was a team that if you paid attention to, and I, and I know we do, but you know it's still the end of baseball season. Now that that's over, maybe people focus in a little bit more. If you were watching this team closely through the first seven weeks of the year, you, you knew. Now you wanted to be hopeful. I get it, but you knew that there there was something missing as far as them being a legitimate contender. Not to say they can't make the playoffs, but there was just something missing where you know the difference between the Jets and an established good team. And for me, that thing missing was part of it was good quarterback play, right? They haven't shown that they could throw the football, win games through the year. They really haven't had to. And when you look back at what they did with their wins, you know, everybody wants to talk about, oh, well, the Jets, they won four in a row. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You, know, you look at their 5-2 and two record, the Cleveland game, they really shouldn't have won that. They did, but they really shouldn't have won that. You know, the circumstances with Miami, with, with their quarterback situation, you know, Green Bay's a down team, Denver stinks. You could pick apart their opponents if you'd like, but it really was never about the opponents. It was always about the Jets themselves because the Jets were actually playing like a solid football team. Even without having the quarterback play, get to that next level. And then you have the injuries that they suffered last week. Those are crushing injuries. Vera Tucker in particular, Brees Hall. I mean, those are two injuries that are tough to overcome. Now, injuries are a part of sports, really, but football in particular. Hard to overcome that at certain points. I mean, the Jets' bread and butter this year, aside from their defense, has been what? running the football. That's what they do. They run the football well. When they were going well, they run the football with Brees Hall. Flipping games, really. Changing games with his big runs and his ability to make the big play, something the Jets haven't had in forever. So you take him out, that's a problem. You take Veritaka out, that's a problem. And then you factor in Bill Belichick. Now, part of the reason I think that the Jet fan or the Jets tough talk was happening last week was because of what happened on Monday Night Football with the Bears and the Patriots. Because if it weren't for that, where the Bears really took it to New England, I don't think as many people would have felt as confident in the Jets going in. Maybe they would have thought the Jets would have won this game at home. And look, this is the time to beat the Patriots. If not now, when? Maybe people would have thought the Jets could have been competitive or won the game, but not the feel that you had building up to 
yesterday's matchup. I think Monday night had a lot to do with it. And we kind of forgot that Bill Belichick is still running things. And as long as he is there, it's going to be a problem for the New York Jets. But before we get into that, the quarterback play. Okay, so the Jets haven't shown that Zach Wilson can be the guy in these games yet early on in the season. There's still a learning curve to a player as young as Zach Wilson is. And with all the hype around this game, with maybe feeling the need to overcompensate for the lack of run game, you saw a quarterback in Zach Wilson that tried to do too much. It's as simple as that. Now he's got to learn. If anything, to me, the knock on him is he doesn't have any patience. He admitted so after the game. We're throwing the ball away is frustrating. Yeah, no crap. It's been frustrating from the beginning of the invention of the sport for quarterbacks, I'm sure. That's what separates the great quarterbacks, the smart quarterbacks, from the bad ones. That is something that Zach Wilson is going to have to learn. It's as simple as that. Not to mention that you cannot throw the football you know, over 40 times at this particular point in Zach Wilson's career and expect to win many football games. Was Wilson at his best? Absolutely not. Did he play the worst game that we've ever seen from a Jets quarterback against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? Also, absolutely not. Frustrating for sure. Silly, stupid mistakes? Yes. Is Zach Wilson now not the guy? Are we certain that Zach Wilson is not going to be the future of this franchise? Come on now. That's that's stretching it a little bit. I would be more concerned, and this is where I get back to the point where I was saying that I think blame, blame is being placed in, in the wrong spot here when you look at you know who the, the focal point is, where the focal point is Zach Wilson. Now, can he do it? Can he be the guy? Uh, I don't think he uh, any longer has it or is going to be that franchise quarterback. Instead, I look at this game, and again, I obviously admit Zach Wilson did not play a, a great game, but I blame this on the coaches. I really do believe that when I look at the biggest mismatch between these two franchises, between the Jets and the Patriots right now, it's on the sidelines. And as long as Bill Belichick is there, the Jets are going to have a problem because they keep hiring head coaches who don't know what they're doing. Now, Robert Sala is a very passionate coach and a guy who I like as an individual. He's easy to root for. He's accountable. He, you know, addresses the media head on. He's a fiery competitor. And I'm not saying he doesn't know football. I think he does. And the defense clearly has been playing much better in recent weeks, which is the reason for the Jets' turnaround. I mean, we talk about them running the football, of course, offensively, but defense is this team's bread and butter. Now, are they a great defense? No, not yet, but they're very, very good. But it's coaching to me. That's the problem. And if anything, and by the way, when I say you know coaching is the problem, it doesn't mean that Zach uh, that Robert Sala is the worst coach in the league. The way that we saw with Adam Gase or or maybe Todd Bowles as bad as he was, but just that there's a lot of room for improvement there. And the bigger issue for me moving forward would be: is Sala? the guy, and his staff, with LaFleur in particular, are they the guys to get the most out of Zach Wilson? 
That's where I would come away with questions after watching Sunday's game. And I felt this way all year long about Salah, realizing that eh, I'm not sure, you know, where we compare it to the Giants, where you see what Brian Dable has done with minimal talent and a quarterback who, in my opinion, does not have a skill set that is similar to Zach Wilson. And they both can make plays on the move. And they, they they both have good arms in in different ways. Where you know Wilson could flick the ball deep. Will, uh, Jones has a strong arm, but you get it. They're they're different players with different skill sets. But Dable is able to put Daniel Jones, a guy who has been mistake prone his entire career to date, he's been able to put Jones in a better position to succeed than any coach prior, and the Giants have been able to be competitive and win a lot of football games like that so far. Sala and LaFleur have not figured out yet how to maximize Zach Wilson's potential. And that, to me, is their biggest problem. I just feel like, now, it's hard to use Belichick as an example because he's the greatest coach that ever lived, in my opinion. But it's hard to believe that had... Zach Wilson had the coaching of a Bill Belichick-led staff or, you know, Andy Reid, throw him out there. And I go, I'm going to two of the best, of course, but still, this is what we're talking about. You want to go Kyle Shanahan. I mean, a, a real, legitimate, ex, experienced, established head coach. At least then, to me, it would eliminate the question marks that I currently have with this Jets organization. I like Joe Douglas a lot. I think Joe Douglas has done an incredible job. Now it's taken a while, but as it should turning around an organization as barren as the Jets were with talent, and they made some great trades, some great draft picks, and the Jets have a lot of talent and a lot of promise moving forward. Still, I think Zach Wilson is a part of that promise. I like what I see in Zach Wilson, as far as his arm goes, as far as his confidence goes his ability to make plays on the move he's got a lot to learn there's no doubt about that a young quarterback that's trying to do too much at times that makes silly stupid mistakes trying to throw the football away and doesn't throw it away I mean that's unacceptable you cannot throw a ball that you're just giving up on and want to throw it out of bounds and keep it in play for an interception you know the lazy play before the half where he just kind of floats one up there over the middle you can't do that stuff in the NFL and get away with it you can't do it but he's got to be better coached to me. Not only better coached, but put in a better position to succeed. I watch Zach Wilson, and I have great belief that he is going to be. He's got potential to get to the top tier of quarterback play in this league. That's what I believe in just watching him. Those bad decisions can be corrected. This is not a talent thing. This is a coaching thing, a learning thing for Zach Wilson. He's got to learn that the same crap that he did at BYU is not going to fly with the New York Jets. And I just think that the Jets are too young as an organization. You saw the coaching staff going into this matchup this week. I mean, I was baffled, baffled by that tough talk. Oh, we didn't forget last time and blah, 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 blah. And the Jets talking tough for a team that was a I don't want to say fake five and two but 
I mean, come on. The, you, you We're watching this team through seven games. They were never a top team. And you see the difference of the top teams in the league. And I know there's a lot of parity in the league this year, and you could pick apart a lot of teams if you so choose. But they just weren't. I mean, they were fortunate to win one of those games. And all of a sudden, you know, instead of 5-2, and 4-3 and three is not a record that you're going to be pounding your chest about. For the Jets, it's great, sure, in a building year. But it's not like you saw a team that, wow, look out, here come the Jets. Zach Wilson, the offense, really has it. I mean, they've had moments, but it hasn't been sustained. It's been too inconsistent. And the focal point for me, while I get the frustration with Zach Wilson after this week, and I get the frustration in general, that's a bad, bad loss. It was a huge game going in. It was at MetLife. The Jets had this home game. They wanted the crowd to be pumped up. They get all excited about those stupid black uniforms, which I can't stand. But anyway, all the build up to it, it felt like it was a celebratory atmosphere going into it. All the trash talk this week leading up to it. The Patriots basically right there for the taking, and the Jets still couldn't do anything with it. Extremely frustrating for Jets fans and for the organization, I'm sure. Extremely frustrating. But I think they put way too much emphasis and pressure on themselves. I think that showed with Zach Wilson where it was not treated like any other game. You know, and again, I do give them a break with the key injuries that they lose Vera Tucker and Hall. Those are tough to overcome, and that's going to be a problem moving forward. But that's part of football. It's something that they do have to overcome if they want to get to the next level. I'm not sold on the coaching staff being able to get this team there. And I know no, you know, no change is going to be made this year or even next year. Sal's going to get a run here. But what we're watching is a young team that's learning on the go. They're not ready yet. Not the quarterback, not the head coach. That's the problem. That's the frustrating thing is that they have talent. We want them to be there. We want them to be ready and have them put it all together. They're not there yet. Could they get there by the end of the season? Possibly. I mean, I don't think it's looking promising when you take a look at the schedule and know who's coming up next. Is this team going to be able to compete with the Buffalo Bills? Not many can. And then all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's now, you know, five and four going back to take on New England after a bye week. Where in the next few weeks or the next couple of weeks, they need to show the improvement as a staff, as a squad to be able to go up to New England and return the favor. That'll be a show of something game. Forget the Bills game, although, I mean, look, you do what you can there. But the the game in New England might define this Jets season in a couple of weeks. Forget revenge for the last 13 years. They're going to need to make amends for one that they could have had and arguably should have had. I know everything changed on the or in the final two minutes of that the first half. And look, the stupid penalty, again, the Jets have taken plenty of stupid penalties. Hard to get on Franklin Myers with the rule being the way that it is, but guys got to be smarter. I mean, and the explanation after the game that Salah got was ridiculous, saying they hit him too hard. I mean, he clearly hit him late, and unfortunately, the way that the rules are now, we talked about this last week, I mean, just make it two-hand touch or flag football. It's ridiculous. You can't even touch these quarterbacks. But it's a terrible penalty that probably cost them the game. 
because had that interception return, the pick six stand, I, I don't know if New England against that defense can come back. But it didn't stand. The game changed, and the Jets just didn't have it. And, you know, special teams, too, which is a big problem, that's a lot of it's coaching. The Jets didn't have a great game plan, I don't think, coming into this one. But you also look at the quarterback play. To me, that is a direct reflect, reflection of the coach and his staff, and that's where I would put the majority of the blame in the Jets' loss to New England. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Dalakata back on the fan. Can you beat Vegas this football season? Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms. No guys across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas Right now, visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666. We started talking about the Jets. We could get into the Giants here before your calls at 877-337-6666. It was just one of those games, really a, you know, look, a tough loss in Seattle. I feel like we've been down this road before over the years with the Giants and the Seahawks. And you gave Geno Smith credit for playing a solid game. You give Seattle credit for, you know, Tyler Lockett was, after making a couple of mistakes, the fumble and then missing a touchdown, he was pretty good. You know, Metcalf is a beast. They have some weapons there. The Giants don't have the talent. And not that Seattle is the most talented team in the league, but they could open it up a little bit, as they did more so than the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones did try to throw the football 31 times, but you know, 17 of 37 for Jones overall and didn't make any mistakes, but also didn't make anything happen, which is kind of you know, partly the problem, I guess, with Jones and this current offense. And if they don't run the football well with Saquon Barkley, they're not going to be able to move the football and score very much. And that was the case here. Now, they still could have won the game if not for Richie James fumbling the game away twice, that's a problem, and the Giants aren't good enough to overcome that type of problem. But especially on the road like that against a you know a solid opponent, but you, you assume more often than not the Giants aren't going to make those mistakes. And look, it's just if it were Daniel Jones having a bad game, it'd be one thing. But the fact that Richie James you know fumbling the two punts, and, and that's where it gets frustrating. Where he doesn't do that, it would be a typical Giants game this year. Maybe it's a one-score game late in that game, and who knows what could happen there. But Saquon Barkley was, for the most part, kept uh, contained by the Seattle defense, and Daniel Jones wasn't able to do anything through the air. That's the limitations when people say, well, Daniel Jones at quarterback, I don't know, they're not going to be able to win games because of him. That's the example that you use. On the road like that, they needed Jones to be more effective through the air to be able to come back and win that game without Saquon Barkley running the football all over the Seahawks, and they weren't. You know what? You go into the bye week with a loss and lick your wounds and come back out and have a soft schedule at home with a couple of very winnable games against Houston and then the Lions in Week 10 and 11 before that showdown on Thanksgiving 
with the Cowboys in Dallas. 877-337-6666. Seth is on Long Island. What's up, Seth? Hey, so I, like you, I'm frustrated with this performance. Say. The Jets, that's what you were saying earlier with the Franklin Myers penalty, that's all on Salah. I'm sorry. He should be better disciplined. After that week three or week four penalty against uh, Burr and the Bengals, he cannot have that again. That, if, if he does not make that penalty, it's 17-3, to three, and there's no way, no way the Patriots are even getting to 10 after that or a 13 or whatever. That, that, in my opinion, that really obviously hurt them. It probably cost them the game. But as for Wilson, those three interceptions, it's, he's like he's like playing Madden out there, man. He's mm-hmm. You can't throw those balls. He has to throw them away. I'm looking at the TV. I'm like, no, nah, dude, just, just throw it away, T. Just throw the ball away. You can't do that and expect to win. He's just chucking the ball down thin. Hopefully somebody catches it. it it's not working. It's can't do that. And but other than that, I thought he had it. Obviously, um, other than three interceptions, I thought he had a decent game. I would have liked to see well, him. Well, he's got a, he's got ability. Seth, we can all yeah. see he he's got ability. Okay, so then the question becomes: Well, how do you get him to cut down on those mistakes? And they're just stupid. They're, they are things that you should never see at the NFL level. Maybe you see it a rookie year, and then he's got to learn. And if he can't be coached, then that's a different problem. But to me, the coaches have to make sure he understands why you need to live to play another down. Why? If you're throwing the ball away, you throw the thing away. It, it shouldn't even be a question that you you lazily throw it on the sidelines or any move you make in the NFL, any mm-hmm. throw you make needs to have purpose. And Zach Wilson at times just takes a lot off and just flicks the ball here and flicks the ball there. No, you will get eaten up if you do that at the NFL level the way that he did yesterday by New England. Right. At the end of the day, it all comes down to coaching. He, I, I, I believe he's not being coached the best of that they could get out of him. If he was in, like you mentioned earlier, if Bill Belichick or, oh my goodness, if an Andy Reid was coaching him, I think we get a lot more out of him. And um, just just the question, maybe it's just me being not the smartest person in the world, but why are the offensive coordinators all the way in the uh, booths in the high, high up levels? Can you can they see what's going on? Well, <laughs> yeah, that, they can see. They a lot of them prefer to sit up there because of the way that you can see all 22. You could see the defense okay. and see the way the plays have been developed. And I think a lot of, you know, they could see the defense lining up uh, the way that uh, it, it is. And they just like that vantage point as opposed to being down on the sideline where you can't really see the game. You could talk to the players, of course, and you could be right there with them. Right. But the way that you view the game is different from the coach's box okay. upstairs where the majority of coordinators like to be. Yeah, I just thought that was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to see that. Okay, okay, that's a fair point. No, if anything, okay. if anything, you can see better from up there. And thank you for the call, Seth. Appreciate checking in. But, yeah, a couple of things. If the Jets, and well, Wilson in particular, don't make those mistakes, you know, or, or the first mistake, the, the bad interception at the end of the first half, the bad penalty, again, at the end of the first half, that changes the game. If the Jets go up 17-3, you're looking at a New England team that now feels the need to, you know, open it up a little bit more and be, you know, do something that they are that's not their strength coming from behind throwing the football a ton with Mac Jones. That's not their strength. Not to say that New England couldn't have done it, but against the Jets defense down that big 
for a whole half of football coming out of the second half, I think everything does change. 10-6, all of a sudden, it's it's a game again. And then it's it basically even. And with these special teams' mistakes, though, whether they were for the Jets, New England's just going to take advantage of that, get in field goal range, kick field goals all day long, play the game out, let the Jets beat themselves, and that's exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. New England coaches and just plays the game out and see what happens, generally letting other teams beat themselves. Now, if you're down 17-3, you can't really do that. You've got to be a little bit more aggressive. Then that could put Mac Jones in a spot where he's going to be prone to making a mistake, and then it could steamroll from there. But it didn't go that way. And unfortunately, the Jets made the mistakes. I mean, you could blame the crappy ruling in the NFL, but Franklin Myers has to know better. It's been the rule. You can't hit a quarterback late. And they were saying that he launched at him on the broadcast. Um, I'm not sure if you know, Charles Davis was saying that they, he launched at him. I'm not sure if I believe that to be the case, but he definitely hit him way late. Can't do that. And how many times are we going to see it with the Jets? Week in, week out with these stupid penalties. Tommy's calling from Long Island. What's up, Tommy? Sal, good morning. How's the family? Good morning, Tommy. Not bad. How are you? Good, good. Not bad. Uh, uh, tough day yesterday. Um, I know Zach Wilson is young. Uh, I agree with the whole coaching staff not really coaching him you know, the way they should. But you got to throw those balls away. You got to get rid of them. Uh, as far as that penalty goes, that was a penalty. I know Salah was all hot. It's like you said, you can't hit him. The, he released the ball, you know, a second and a half before that. You got to avoid that tackle. And if you avoid it and you just, you know, run into him very softly, chances are you're not going to get a penalty. But that was a penalty. And I think that was, that was the turning point of the game. Zach Wilson, as far as the interceptions go, all those interceptions were, you know, in jet territory. So they didn't even have to make that many plays to kick those field goals. They were they right. were pretty much almost in field goal range. So that kills you right there. Then and number three, uh, Belichick. That's like dealing with another player. That guy is a genius. That guy could put you know the the worst squad. And, and make them all winners. I mean, he's an unbelievable coach. So, you know, you're dealing with that. You know, I I, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. And then I have something else uh, about well, the Giants. Well, one of the yeah, – yeah, okay, and we'll get to that in a second. One of the major things that separates Belichick from the rest is that he generally coaches teams that don't beat themselves. They may get beat – but it's not going to be because they beat themselves. And you talk about the field yeah. position. I mean, starting with the first punt of the game. I mean, it's just unacceptable. You can't do yeah. that crap against New England. You can't do it and expect to win. And the Jets all day long. Special teams was dreadful. Well, Belichick feasts on that. He feasts on teams that are going to make mistakes, and his team doesn't. He feasts on gaining better field position and just taking the points when they're there. Field goals or not. Yeah, that, that plays right into his hands. He's a, You're right. He is a genius, and it takes a lot more than a talented roster to be able to beat Bill Belichick. I've seen plenty of teams that have had more talent than New England over the years, with or without Tom Brady, that have fallen to the Patriots because of Belichick's genius. So I have a question. Do you, do you, 
early in the game, I think it was after they scored the touchdown, when they when they kicked that uh, the the kickoff, mm-hmm. and they didn't kick it all the way to the end zone. That was the Jet game, right? Am I am I remembering yeah, correctly? You're talking about what the kicker? Yeah, he said he slipped and and right. fell and didn't get it long, kind of squibbed it. Okay, so that, that's what happened. Because I didn't hear that part. Now you know to the Giants. Now I thought the Giants played a a, a great game. I thought they fell a little short. You know, I got to tell you, I didn't see Geno play. He's he's pretty spot on for for a guy that wasn't you know a starter his whole career. You know, well he's I, been I, I thought, a, he he's been a backup for a while in different spots, yeah. and this is his moment to get a true opportunity with the trade of Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll believing in Geno Smith. They were giving him a true opportunity to be the starter of this team. He's handled it well. I mean, Gino, he's always thrown the football well. It just hasn't been the best decision maker. He could obviously make plays with his legs as well. And I love that he said this was for Ben McAdoofus. He said McAdoo, but I call him McAdoofus. And for Jerry Reese, two guys who believed in him before they got the boot with the Giants. Yeah, I, I, I I thought he played well. And then last thing, did you happen to catch the Atlanta... Cause, and the reason why I bring it up is because of the penalty when he took his helmet off in the end zone. I did see it. Yeah, I, I did watch. I did watch that game, and we'll get into the around the league in a little bit. But I will yeah. comment on that. I will comment on that, Tommy. Um, now, thank you for the call. Appreciate checking in. Where you're talking about the Falcons and the Panthers, and typical Atlanta Falcons, they have a big lead. They or not a big lead, but they had a six-point lead late in the game after a tremendous play, Mariota to Bird, scoring a touchdown to give them the lead with, I don't even know what it was, under a minute left or certainly under two minutes ago. It was basically no time left. I think it was under uh, under two minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And they have the lead. Now, again, Atlanta's at home. If they win this game, they're going to be in first, uh, first place in the NFC South. A huge game. And... They have Carolina pinned back. It was basically just a matter of running out the clock here where you're figuring, all right, Carolina's going to take some shots. There's no way they'll be able to convert and get the home run play. And then they do. In typical Atlanta fashion, they allow a huge play and a big touchdown. How many yards was it exactly here? A big touchdown at the end of the game with 24 seconds to go for 62 yards to DJ Moore. Now, what happens on the play is DJ Moore was so excited and couldn't believe the fact that Carolina basically just won the game with under a minute to go, 30 seconds to go. They complete this 62-yard touchdown. Moore is so excited, he takes off his helmet in celebration. And he gets hit with a, which you can't do. I mean, I don't understand it with these guys. What do you need your face to be seen? Why now? For embarrassment? Now I know exactly what DJ Moore looks like so I could laugh at him the rest of his career. Oh, yeah, that's the guy that got a 15-yard penalty that cost his team a game. You idiot. Just act like you've been there. Do some kind of touchdown dance. Celebrate any way you want with your teammates. Just don't take your helmet off. But DJ Moore does take his helmet off. A as selfish an act as you will see on the football field. Me, 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 me. Look at me. Look at my face. See me. As opposed to going to celebrate with this young quarterback. You know, Walker got the start in that game for Carolina. As opposed to celebrating with his teammates for that big play, the euphoric moment 
that Carolina had tying the game and potentially going to win it. It's me, 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 taking off the helmet, 15 yards, boom, Atlanta obviously enforces it on the extra point try, which they should have. Why wouldn't you? And Pinheiro missed it. Their kicker misses the extra point. Game remains tied and goes in overtime where Atlanta was able to win the game after uh, a missed field goal again by Pinheiro, but they were able to win the game. Unbelievable. DJ Moore making a tremendous play. I was about to be sick yet again, even for a team that I don't necessarily care about as much anymore. But, I mean, the fact that the Falcons, who were expected to be the worst team by many this year, and I told you that was not going to be the case, but they were expected to be because Arthur Smith is too good of a football coach. He's similar to Dable. He may not be. I mean, look, it's different here in New York where we see a guy have a little success and we want to build a statue right away, especially with the way things have gone for the Giants. And Dable has been great. I mean, he's been worthy of a statue. Hell, by the way, he started here. But Arthur Smith's a good head coach as well and has gotten a lot out of very little with the Atlanta Falcons this year. But I think their win total was four and a half to go over that for the year. Well, they're now four and four and really should at least be five and three with blowing that opening week to New Orleans and potentially would have had a chance to beat Tampa if not for that ridiculous roughing the passer call a few weeks back. But anyway... Arthur Smith has done a nice job. They are 4-4 four and four after getting that win, but it just goes to show you, DJ Moore and players like that, you can't do that stuff. He cost his team a game. Why? Because he wanted the attention of, look at me, look at my face. Yeah, I just made that play. I actually feel bad for Wilkes, who I think, I think deserves better. And deserved better when he got an opportunity in Arizona, and he really didn't even get an opportunity. They fired Steve Wilkes after one year. Remember, they got rid of him and Josh Rosen in favor of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And now Wilkes has an opportunity to be an interim head coach in Carolina, where he was a good defensive coordinator for years because Matt Rule is out. And that's just a, I mean, that's a play that's going to be a, reflect, a reflection of the head coach. Not necessarily his fault, but, I mean, you just can't have that stuff. You can't have it. There's got to be accountability there. You know, maybe that's part of the problem with the Jets, who we talk about they need to be a better coach team, but maybe they're trying and telling Zach Wilson the right things to do. And maybe for whatever reason, he's not hearing him. Well, that's a problem. When we talk about the skill set, if a player is having a problem or listening to his staff, either A, you got the wrong staff in there, or B, you got the wrong player. You got to be able to be coachable, not only in the National Football League, but in life as well. And I know with certainty that, you know, certain guys that we referenced before, whether it's Belichick or Andy Reid, or you even see a young guy like Brian Dable, you know those guys are getting through to players. I don't know that to be the case with Robert Sala just yet. We're figuring out who's going to be the weakest link. Is it going to be the coach or the quarterback? But those are the two biggest questions right now with the New York Jets. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
Sal Licata back on the Van Gogh until 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry on this Monday morning. We'll go around week eight in the NFL. If you want to call and talk about whatever it is that your team is, if you're not uh, a Jets or Giants fan, we can discuss that as well. Bills um, with another solid performance on Sunday Night Football, clearly separating themselves from the pack, the Bills and the Chiefs. I would say are the clear two best teams in the NFL right now. I'm not putting the Eagles there just yet. Eagles are 7-0 and were impressive in their own right, but I'm not putting them there just yet. By the way, we should say the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, who made the decision to bench Matt Ryan and humiliate him like many other morons are trying to do throughout the course of you know the NFL uh, fan bases where people are just ripping Matt Ryan to shreds and turn over this and turn over that. I'm not saying it's the reason for the loss. However, the loser Indianapolis Colts went down yet again, this time to the commanders. So I guess the quarterback change wasn't the problem or the quarterback itself wasn't the problem. Hmm. Interesting. Jim Ursay and Frank Reich, they could talk about, yeah, we want to win now. We still believe in this team making the change. Here's the bottom line, Indianapolis. This is for you, for Frank Reich, for Jim Ursay, for the Colts and their entire organization. You suck, and I hope you get buried in every game from here on out. And I am thrilled that the Commanders came back and beat the Colts. Oh, what a sweet victory that was, sending the Colts to 3-4-1. You got what you deserved disrespecting Matt Ryan. I'm not saying Matt Ryan has been great. I've watched a lot of it. I understand it. But to make it like he's the one who blame, give me a break. That team has been an embarrassment for years, never being good enough to get over the hump. Whether it's Reich that's got to go, whether it's the owner that's in over his head, and now, I know, look, he's never going to sell the team, but running his mouth nonstop, you clown, Ursay, all of you. You suck, you Colts, all of you. laughable and all the people like I said whether it's media whether it's fans picking on Matt Ryan just foolish I shouldn't even acknowledge it because they really don't know what they're talking about but it is really just foolish blaming him he deserves better that's what gets me that I'm sensitive to it I love Matt Ryan I was heartbroken when Atlanta dealt him away he deserves better anyway we go around week eight in the NFL if you'd like but talking Jets and Giants to start here E Frank is calling from Astoria E Frank Yes, uh, good morning, Sal. You know, I was uh, watching the New York Jets game this afternoon, and uh, Mm. I was uh, very impressed by uh, certain things that I saw. For example, you know, I I would see Robert Kraft in his booth, and I see um, Woody Johnson in his uh, booth there. I believe there was two teams with destinies. And, you know, I'm not... Two teams uh, that what? There are two teams with different... The destiny, the New England Patriots and New York Jets. Right. And the way I see that you're saying that Zach Wilson is uh, uh, a quarterback that still does not have the necessary experience to perhaps move the team to a better position historically, uh, I was offended. And it's not because Zach Wilson's uh, sister is a personal friend of mine. I'm not defending Zach Wilson on that fact. I'm judging well, him. Hold by on a second. When did I get on? When did I get on Zach Wilson? If anything, I've been defending him. No, it seems that you're saying that these two years uh, uh, with injuries for Zach Wilson have have not really produced a better person, a better quarterback, a more seasoned 
I have not I have not referenced injuries or two years once this morning so far in the first fifty one minutes of this show about Zach Wilson. What I said was he's making he made some terrible decisions, and if anything, I blame the coaches more than I blamed him. Are you did you listen to the show or are you talking about other people? The show, yes. Okay, so when did I talk about Zach Wilson and his injuries? What the answer is I didn't. The answer is I didn't. I never like talked about putting, once. It's like, uh, uh, Sal, you're putting me like in a, in a courtroom where the, the prosecutor is telling me that I did something when I didn't. I, I never right. said that, you know, you, you never talked about the injuries. What I'm saying is that maybe you might have interpreted uh, Zach Wilson's lack of performance today, which I don't believe was a lack of performance. I think he was playing the play to his wrist. He was doing the best he could, and he couldn't do any better. So I'm confused. He was doing the best he could, and he can't do any better than three interceptions and horrible decisions. Well, if that's the case, then he got to get cut now. I I don't think he, he he was doing something wrong today. I think that what what did happened you watch the game? Hold on, did you watch the game? Quarters of the game, and you don't think Zach Wilson did anything wrong? Well, he threw those interceptions. You might are you saying that he he couldn't uh, move from the. Uh, from the slot, he couldn't move back and forth, that he had to throw it into the opponent's hands. I don't think that's what happened. I, I'm saying that he made horrible decisions with the football. I mean, I would assume anybody that, even me, who, by the way, E. Frank, for the record, part of my take at the Open was to get people to calm down about ripping Zach Wilson, and I still believe that he could be the future of this team where a lot of people now are starting to jump off that bandwagon. That's number one. Number two, how could you watch that football game and think that Zach Wilson didn't make mistakes? I'm not sure how you get to that conclusion. Well, I would tell you that he seemed like he couldn't really uh, uh, find his uh, offensive, uh, uh, his wide receiver. He couldn't find He was sacked, uh, as you said, many times. Uh, you know how many. And I, and I saw him scrambling back and forth. He couldn't move around. And so, you know, I think that's when you can't find a, an open man in the, in the end zone. You have a, a, a small amount of time to play football before you get sacked. E, e Frank, uh, I'm not, and thank you for the call. Now, Fleegs, you know because we've done this a while together here. There have been a lot of questionable calls from E. Frank in the past. That one, to me, might have taken the cake as far as being the one that makes the least sense of all time. I mean, I'm not sure what he's, what exactly is he talking about? And I know, Fleegs, you have a different um, position than I do in regards to Zach Wilson, but if you may, counter E. Frank's call right there, trying to – I don't know what he was trying to do in regards to Zach Wilson. Well, listen, I'll say this. I've heard E. Frank ask before if a team was, like, emotionally prepared to win a game. So that, for me, still takes the cake in terms of – before a game, you know, emotionally prepared to win a game going in. So that's still number one for me in terms of ones that confuse me the most. I, I don't – again, if you watch the game, even you who's defending – Zach Wilson, you you'll say like, listen, in that game he was terrible. You're defending him more big right, picture in that game. Uh, any quarterback, at any if they throw three interceptions, you're not going to say coming away from it. Oh, they played really well today. Zach Wilson had a terrible game. Whatever you think about him moving forward, he was awful on Sunday. He made throws that cannot happen in the NFL, and 
whoever the quarterback is, when you you know these weren't, these weren't deflected passes that got knocked up in the air or off somebody's helmet and intercepted. These were balls that, especially the last two, Zach Wilson went staring down the field with really nobody in his face, staring at maybe receivers who he could have thrown open or throwing it away out of bounds or just staring down defensive backs through the ball into the hands of New England Patriots. Do you think you're more, because I saw some of your tweets and you were harsh on Wilson, do you think you're more upset because of the, you know, the the game going into it, this was the chance for the Jets to finally get revenge on the Patriots, or if this were a game against anybody this particular week, you'd still feel the same about Zach Wilson regardless? Um, I would still be annoyed with him, but no, it definitely hurt more because of the game, and not only just who they were playing, if Zach Wilson doesn't make his mistakes, the Jets were the better team in this game. The other 52 guys who showed up for the Jets were good enough to win this game. Even with the stupid Franklin Myers penalty, the defense overall did its job. They only give up 22 points, one touchdown. Patriots start with the ball in Jets territory a bunch of times, a bunch of times after a turnover. The rest of this team was good enough to win. I saw plays where wide receivers are standing there wide open. You know, running backs are there on the check down, and Zach Wilson's just not getting the ball there. He's dancing around. He's running backwards. There are games where you can pin on the quarterback. And again, while I'm out on the guy long term, it doesn't have to necessarily mean for any quarterback that it's an indictment of their entire future. This game was on Zach Wilson. And what definitely ticked me off more was his post-game comments where he doesn't want to take any accountability for this loss and still has no understanding of why those throws are mistakes. Yeah, that's part of the problem. I I agree with you there where you have Zach Wilson saying, well, uh, it's frustrating throwing the ball away. Dude, that's how it works at this level. Like, what do you think? You're the first quarterback who wants to try to make things happen every single play? Part of being a good quarterback is having the discipline to understand when something is not there. So I'm with you as far as the postgame comments go. Now, he's still very young. So he's going to have to learn this. That's why I'm not giving up on Zach Wilson. And plus, I like his skill set. You saw what could happen when he rolls out to his right. When Zach Wilson rolls out to his right and throws the football down the field, it is a thing of beauty. He throws a beautiful ball. He throws a deep ball almost effortlessly. And I feel like the the Jets haven't done nearly enough of that. Putting him in, whether it's been this year or last year in his limited time, they haven't put him in. They haven't found the perfect format or the perfect system for him just yet and that to me is a problem and that's partly on the coaching staff now it can't just be Sala or LaFleur Zach Wilson's got to take accountability himself he's got to become a better player himself but hearing some of the things that he said I still see a very young slightly immature if not flat out immature individual where in certain cases he may be mature beyond his age beyond his age but in Others, you see, uh, you know what? He is acting his age right here, and there's a lot to learn. He is not ready to take this team to the next level, to the legitimate playoff level. I think he's got great skill, and I think that they can win some games with that great skill along the way. He's not ready to be trusted to be able to take this team and say, okay, well, he's the guy. It doesn't mean, though, in my mind at least, that he won't get it. And I have less faith in Salah and LaFleur because I have to see growth from them, and I think it's a little different in seeing growth from a young quarterback year to year to year where you can kind of see the progression if it's going to be there 
with a head coach and his staff, I'm not sure it ever really changes much. These guys are, they're not, they're at a different point in their career in comparison to a young Zach Wilson. They should be further along. They've gotten the prime job as head coach, as coordinator, and they got it early with Salah and LaFleur. LaFleur especially is young. And I just never felt it was a good match for an, a totally young team to have young, inexperienced coaches as well. I hope I'm wrong. I like Salah. Personally, seems like a great dude. But I would personally put the blame more so on the coaching staff than I would Wilson. And back to E. Frank's call. And look, Fleegs is a passionate, diehard Jeff fan, so of course I respect his opinion on it. And we'll see. And I know it's the emotional sting, too, of losing to the Patriots. And you know the Jet fans are going to be frustrated with Zach Wilson. But, you know, and we'll see how it plays out here the rest of the year and Salah and all that stuff. And that'll be something that, no question, because now the talent is there that we're going to evaluate at the end of the year. But with E. Frank saying that, I don't even know what the hell E. Frank was saying, but trying to make it like I was ripping Zach Wilson and that Zach Wilson didn't do anything wrong, I would then question if E. Frank was even watching the game. And if you don't watch the game, it's hard to call and form an opinion on that. 877-337-6. I'm in a nice mood this morning. I know I took it easy on him.